This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers and technical professionals who want to succeed in both work and life. All right, we've got another Q&A episode. We try to do these every first Friday of the month, and we started releasing these because we get so many questions now that come through the website. This is our way of trying to answer them for you. And typically what we do is once we publish the episode, one of our team members, usually Angelique, will email the person that sent in the question with just some information and letting him or her know that we answered the question. So you can submit your questions at engineeringcareercoach.com, click on the Ask Us button, and we will try to answer them for you through the podcast. And this episode is actually pretty interesting. We've got some really heavy career-related decisions, like should I do this, should I do that? And actually, one of the questions actually stumped me. I don't really have a great answer, but I'm going to keep it till the Take Action Today segment at the end of the show. I think I have a somewhat of an answer. But it's a very tricky one as far as an engineer in the UK trying to decide on which company to take the job with. So we'll jump into that one at the end. Before we jump into the Q&A segment, I want to take a minute here to tell you about our private forum that we run called the Engineering Mastermind. We love that you listen to our podcast, but now you can take it one step further. The Engineering Mastermind community allows you to discuss the ideas on these podcasts with Chris, myself, and other motivated engineers. We're constantly striving to improve the community with the ultimate goal of helping you improve your personal and professional development by taking action. You must take action. And you can start doing that by going to theengineeringmastermind.com. That's theengineeringmastermind.com. And we've actually just made a very significant investment in this community. We hired a developer. We're revamping the entire forum, and it will be live on or before January 1st. So get in now. I'm not sure if we're going to raise the price when we do it, but if you get in now, you're going to have the same membership fees that you've always had for a lifetime. We've got a bunch of members that are going to beta test it. It's going to be an awesome, awesome upgrade to the community. So please consider joining us. All right, now I want to give you a quote related to today's episode, and that's going to bring us right into the show. Stay focused, go after your dreams, and keep moving toward your goals. And that's from the one and only LL Cool J, but I like it because it's simple. Stay focused, go after your dreams, and keep moving towards your goals. All right, let's do it. Now it's time to jump into our main segment of our episode where we're going to get into some Q&A from our listeners on career challenges and choices. The first one is from Jill in Australia, who's a recent graduate. How important is your first job as a graduate engineer? If a job offer comes up and you have no other offers waiting for you, but you know that it isn't exactly what you truly want, do you just take it regardless just because there's nothing better? Do you pass on the opportunity and find something else until you can get an offer that you are really passionate about? This is a good question. I think it's always a a tricky one, but basically, here's the deal. At this point in your career, when I would say when you're in the early stages of your career, you're not going to be thinking about passion. You're thinking about your career, the experience you want to build, your resume. So you want to get a job and start working and start learning. I've said this before in the podcast. You need to be a sponge right now. And you'll figure out what your passion is along the way. At least hopefully you will. If you don't, there's some other things you can do. And we could talk about that individually one-on-one. But don't just take anything 
I mean, be smart about it. If it's something that looks way out of the field of where you want to be, it might not be the best idea. You might want to sit tight for a few more weeks or a month or two, but try to be lenient and be flexible. If it's something that you think you're going to get good experience out of, you're going to start building your network, you're going to start to get some of the skills that you need to have, I would say take it because you need experience right now. You can't sit there and wait for the dream of a lifetime or the dream that you're passionate about. Some people I know don't even figure out their passion until five, 10 years into their career. Some never do. And again, I hope that's not going to be the case for you, but the point is, is start to get experience, ASAP, all right, as long as it's not too far out of the realm of what you eventually want to do. If any one of our listeners needs more help, you could always go to ngcoach.com, E-N-G-I coach.com. We could have a one-on-one phone session, which I just had one with a listener recently, and it was really helpful for her to try to chart her goals for the next three to five years. The next one is from Anuraj from Sydney an engineering student. And again, a lot of these questions in this episode seem to be more from the younger engineers, but I do think that these decision-making processes that I'm going to talk about are applicable at any point in your career. Anuraj says, I'm a 19-year-old student in Australia, just about to start my second year in aerospace engineering. I was always a high achiever in school and thus worked hard to get myself the chance to study the subject in university. However, in my first year, I became lazy and stopped focusing on my studies and thus managed a below average performance in all of my subjects. Someone once told me, why do something if you're not even going to try to be the best at it? And this really hit me hard. I was wasting my talents and valuable time that I would never get back. So my search to become the best engineer led me to your website. The first thing I did was set myself goals, which is working for NASA in the future. My question, what can I do now to give myself the best chance to reach this goal in the future? Improving my academics is obviously a staple and a must. I want advice on how to get work experience and internships, where to get them, and anything else that I should do to start getting involved with now to give myself the best chance. All right, Anuraj, this is a very easy answer for me to give you. And again, it's applicable to every engineer, any experience level. Talk to engineers at NASA and ask them for guidance or to mentor you, right? I mean, we go through this all the time on the podcast, a lot in these Q&A sessions. Your goal is to work for NASA. So what do you do? You go right to the source and you find someone in NASA and you ask them how they did it. You ask them what some steps that you should be taking. You ask them exactly what you just asked me. Because as much as I can give you some advice, if you want to be in NASA, the people in NASA can give you the absolute best advice. So that's my recommendation. And you're probably saying to yourself, well, that sounds great, but how the heck am I going to get in touch with someone at at NASA? So here's what you do. Go to your school alumni department. I'm sure your school has a big alumni apartment and a big alumni association. There's got to be someone that graduated from there that works at NASA, and that's going to be your foot in the door. That'll be able to contact them, and maybe they are an engineer, maybe they're not, but maybe they can put you in touch with someone that is. You can also go onto LinkedIn. Do a search for NASA engineers and just reach out to one of them. Pay the $10 to do a LinkedIn in-mail and send them a direct message. Send them a handwritten note if you can get their address. People want to help you if you approach them. And that's what I would do. I mean, obviously, on the flip side of it, Anuraj, you've got to increase your grades. I mean, that's a no-brainer. And it sounds like you've understood that now and you're focusing on that. But get the blueprint of what you want right from the horse's mouth. Go right to NASA and get the blueprint of what you need to do to become an engineer there. That's my recommendation to you. And just to highlight again for the listeners, the quote that Anuraj said, why 
do something if you're not even going to try to be the best at it. That's a great point. We should look at that in all aspects of our career. Well, don't try to do something halfway. If you're going to do something, do it all the way through. I mentioned the engineering mastermind community that we run. I remember one of our members told me that his goal was to be a world-class engineer. And that always stood out to me. That's like an awesome goal. If someone says to you, what is your career goal? I want to be a world-class engineer. So a message to everybody listening, think big and don't do anything halfway. Do it all the way. All right, next one is from David in New York. He's not currently an engineer, but he says, I'm looking for some honest advice about trying to get into the engineering field. And this is an interesting story here. After high school, I wanted to go to college to study something physics or engineering related. I wasn't exactly sure what path I wanted to go on at the time, but I had to put school on hold and get a job for personal reasons. I ended up in the restaurant business and actually really enjoyed cooking, so I decided to become a chef instead of going back to school. It's almost now 12 years later and I'm currently still working as a chef, having never gone to college. I have been considering going back to school and changing careers for years, but I feel that I'm at the point now where I have to make a choice soon or else just stay in the industry where I am. I will be turning 30 soon. I would love to get back to school to study aerospace engineering, but if I do, I won't graduate until I'm 35 or 36, depending how soon I can start. So my question is this, how would that look to prospective employers? Would they take me seriously after waiting 12 years to finally start college? Would it be worth the time, money, and effort to change careers this late in life? What will the job market in that industry look like in five or six years? Will I even be able to get a job at all? I am at a place in my current career where I make a fairly comfortable living, but my heart just isn't in it anymore. Making a lot of money doesn't concern me. I just want to do something that I can be passionate about. What are your thoughts on my situation? Okay, first of all, a couple things, David. Number one, you're in New York and you're a chef, so hopefully I can come eat, eat at your restaurant. <laughs> Number two, 30 years old is young. You're super young to make a career change or to do something like this. So don't think that you missed the boat on this. It's You're just getting started right now. Here's some thoughts that I'll give you. I'm going to start off with a quote from Jeff Bluestein, who was the CEO of Harley-Davidson at the time. He spoke at my graduation at Columbia for my master's degree. And he got up on the podium and he said, this isn't a practice life, meaning that this is your only opportunity to go through life, to go through your career. So you want to do it the right way and you want to do what's going to make you happy. So in that regards, I would say, don't just keep doing what you're doing because you're not passionate about it. Your heart's not in it. And that's going to be somewhat of a waste and it's not going to be very engaging or satisfying to you. Now, obviously the next question is, well, then what should you do? This engineering option is definitely one option. And maybe from what you're saying, maybe it is an option that you need to explore because you might always ask yourself, should I have gone to engineering school? Should I have become an engineer? So one of the avenues that I recommend, because what you always want to think about in life and business is what are your liabilities? What are your risks associated with going for an engineering degree, right? What are you risking? You're risking, obviously, your, a little bit of your chef career. I mean, you could probably always go back, but you're, you're probably risking your current position at least. You're also risking the money that you're investing in this new degree because, and you're kind of taking a little bit of a gamble that's going to turn out well. So if you try to look at something where you can possibly reduce some of those risks, there's a couple of things that come to light for me. One is to maybe do a part-time or start out with like an associate's degree. Like maybe, I don't know if you're in the city, but if you're in the city or somewhere where you are, a school where you can start on a part-time basis with engineering courses, see how you like them. And there are credits that are not going to be wasted because they can be put towards a degree if you end up continuing to go on. And I know this could be tricky because you're a chef, your hours are probably long, but maybe you can do it online in the morning for at least six to 12 months just to give yourself an idea 
so you don't drop everything and go and invest in this very expensive endeavor. Secondly, one of the things that you can think about potentially doing is talking to some people that have started out later in their engineering careers. And I know that might be difficult to find someone, but you'd be surprised if you do some Google searches online that you might be able to find some people that have done that. In fact, there's a few on my site, I think, that we've answered on past Q&A episodes that you could check out that might be helpful for you as well. Now, from an employer standpoint in the engineering world, personally, if you were applying to my company, I would be impressed that after that time gap, you decided to get re-energized and go after your passion or what you think your passion is. So I don't think that that's a deal breaker. I don't think that companies would pass on you because you were kind of a late bloomer in the space. So I don't think that that's a big risk or liability. I also think engineering industry has a lot of upside growth still with job. So I don't think you would do all this and not be able to get an opportunity. So it's really up to you. Like I said, my recommendation is to try for it, but do it in a way that you minimize your risks, minimize the investment you need to make until you're sure that you're enjoying the engineering aspect of it. And hopefully you can report back to us with some good news. And please do report back to us. You can email me at anthony at engineeringcareercoach.com. And again, if you want to talk about it, in a more one-on-one situation, just go to ngcoach.com and I can try to help you out the best I can. All right. So we've gotten a lot of these career decisions ones, which are very, very interesting, which leads us to the last one before we jump into our take action today segment, which is another very interesting one from Kyle, who's in Florida, who says, I'm a young engineer with four years of experience preparing to take the PE exam in April, 2016. This is an actually interesting question and very interesting to me. He says, I'm an avid reader of your site ever since I attended one of your seminars at the University of Miami in 2012. I do remember that. That was a fun time. I'm looking for advice on how to approach my company to request financial assistance with personal development programs. I would like my company to pay for an upcoming Tony Robbins seminar, which I believe will benefit me greatly, personally and professionally. I have listened to Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within, and I'm currently reading his new book, Money. Also, I have watched many of his lectures and interviews, and I am ready for the knowledge that I can gain through this seminar. I already have a rapport with the owner of the company, and I feel he has an interest in my development as an employee. I am unsure of his views of Tony Robbins, as many people seem to either love him or make fun of him. My immediate supervisor, for instance, is not someone I would approach with this request. He's in the latter group that makes fun of personal development programs like this. I would like to approach him the owner, or write him an email explaining the benefits of this to the company, but I'm unsure how to approach this challenge. This is an intimidating task, which I think many young engineers face, and I think it would make a great podcast episode or blog discussion. Many of your podcasts offer copious amounts of great information, and I'm very appreciative of all the work you do. Thank you, Kyle. I really appreciate you saying that about all the work that we do. It is a lot of work, and we love doing it, and we're glad that it's helpful. So, For me, this is a good one because I love Tony Robbins. I also listen to his book, Awaken the Giant Within. I also have his book, Money, on my bookshelf, which I haven't read yet. And I did attend his seminar and I did do the fire walk and it was amazing. So you got the right person for the job on asking me this question. But here's the deal. It sounds to me like your boss already likes you, right? So that's step one. What you need to do is forget about Tony Robbins for a second. And I don't mean about forget about going to this. I just mean forget about thinking about framing it out as to whether or not these people like Tony Robbins. You need to pitch your boss on how going to the seminar will make him and the company more money, period. Because that's what these people care about. And I'm not saying that he doesn't care about you or your development because that's not necessarily true. 
when you're selling someone on something, you need to sell them on the benefits of it for them, not for you. Because it's all great saying that they want to support you in your development, but why do they want to support your development? So that it can return to the company in some way, shape, or form, and hopefully monetarily. So will this seminar make you more productive? If yes, tell your boss how it will. Will it make you or help you, I should say, build more relationships that might yield opportunities for the company? If yes, tell your boss that and try to quantify it in any way you can. For example, you might say, I believe that by attending this seminar, I'll be able to connect with more people locally and find more leads for projects that will contribute to the company's profitability. And if not, I'm willing to pay it back in six months from now. So how about that? I mean, at least from that standpoint, you get to go to the seminar, you could pay it off over time or save some money over time. This goes for anyone that's listening. If you want to take a PE exam review course, if you want to do a master's degree, anything that you bring to the table to your company, you need to quantify or at least justify how it's going to help them. And really, in all fairness to them, it makes sense, right? Because if they're going to pay all this money for you to do something, they want to see some kind of return for it. And I think that they should see some kind of return for it. I think they have the right to think that way. So please frame it out and how it's going to help your company and take it to your boss. And please let me know how you made out Anthony at engineeringcareercoach.com. And believe me, the Tony Robbins seminar will be worth it. Even if they don't pay for it, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal seminar. All right. So that wraps up these questions for this segment. We're going to jump into the take action today segment where there's one more question. Like I mentioned before, it kind of stumped me quite a bit. You'll be able to see all of the answers to these questions at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash 131. The number is 131. This is episode 131, the Q&A episode. All right, let's jump into the Take Action Today segment. All right, now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show where I got stumped. But before we jump into this segment, I want to take a minute here to mention our private forum that we run called the Engineering Mastermind. This forum allows you to discuss ideas on our podcast episodes directly with my co-host Chris and myself and other motivated engineers who are part of the community. It also gives you a way that you can support our free podcast and help us keep it going. Please consider joining this community of motivated engineers like you by visiting the engineeringmastermind.com. That's the Engineering Mastermind. All right. So our last question, which wasn't an easy one, comes from James in the UK. He says, hello, Anthony and Chris. Thank you for the time and effort you both give to the podcast. I've been listening for a few months now, and it has truly been helping my career progression and decision making. I'm an engineering graduate currently studying my master's in mechanical engineering in the UK. My question, I am fortunate enough to be offered a position with two companies working in my area of interest, which is simulation engineering. One is a large Fortune 50 company using in-house simulation software, offering a great package, and the other is a small consultancy where I will learn to use ANSYS to a high level. I feel like I should take the small consultancy due to the skills I will gain. However, I could be turning down a great opportunity with the large company, although I will learn software that is not used anywhere else. I am unsure if I am overthinking these issues. I know I will learn transferable skills with both. However, do you think it would be more beneficial to my career to work with a large company with lesser skills and specific software or work with a small consultancy with a demonstrable skill in a widely used software? Any advice is appreciated. This is a tough one. 
it's tough because it's industry driven and I'm not terribly familiar with software. So you're also in a different location, James, you're in the UK, I'm in the US. So that presents, it's just a little different as far as the kind of the trends locally, but it's a hard question for me to answer. Both offer a lot of benefits. What I'm thinking about though, in this scenario and the way I'm framing it out, I always try to take that approach when you look back and say, geez, did I make the right decision? What if I would have did this? And I think in this case, it's hard to turn up a position with a Fortune 50 company that you might never get again, or you don't know how long it would take you to get in the door at a company of that stature. Because, you know, while I always say that working for small companies is awesome because you get a lot of exposure to different skill sets, working for a big company is great on your resume and it gives you access to awesome projects that are like maybe once in a career or once in a lifetime to be able to work on them. So when I look at your question, I kind of say, if you take the Fortune 50 job and then you want to change it up in the future, you could probably always find a small consultancy to work for. But it may not be easy the other way around. If you went to the small consultancy, it might not be able to say, all right, I'm not really like it. Let me go take a job with a Fortune 50 company. And again, maybe it is in your area. And if that's the case, then maybe you want to take a gamble on it. But for me, it seems like the Fortune 50 company is the one that gives you a great opportunity now but then also you could back into a consultancy if you wanted to later. So please, you may have already had to make the decision, but if you didn't, I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Or if you did make the decision, let us know how you turned out. You can email me at anthony at engineeringcareercoach.com. And if we do get emails from listeners on how they made out, we will update you on our next Q&A episode. It's always good to hear that. All right. So that was a tough one. And that was a very interesting episode with a lot of great questions. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Please go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash 131, where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. You can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all of our comments and will respond to us if you leave one. Until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.